Training Part 7. Too many times as Christians, we get frustrated because we can't win the battle. Our frustration breeds contempt, and before we know it, we're in an all-out war with people we are charged to love. Here's what we must remember. While we fight for the cause of Christ, it is Christ and the Holy Spirit that does the fighting through us. You and I stand in the power of his might. We are only vessels by which God works through. However, in the same breath, we must be yielded to the Lord's hand if we're going to be effective. We can't let our likes and dislikes cause us to miss what God is trying to do in the moments of opposition. And as a point of information, I know that we are called to represent Christ wherever we go. But it is God who represents himself in us by the way we represent him. That seems like double talk, I know, but I assure you it is not. How we handle a situation is just as important as handling the situation. If we have the wrong attitude or disposition while standing for Christ, we mess up the witness that empowers what we may say, which makes what we say null and void. Because in many instances, people don't care about what you say. They care about what you do. And I know you've heard the saying, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Over the last few weeks, we have been suiting ourselves with the armor of Christ. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 14 through 18 <clears throat> is our reference text. We've put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and made our feet ready to carry the gospel of peace wherever we go. We carry our shield of faith so that we can point it in the direction of the opposition with intent to squelch the darts of the enemy. All while wearing the helmet of salvation to protect our thoughts, hopes, perspectives, and dreams, because without the salvation afforded to us through Christ, we are fighting a losing battle, even if we win sometimes. Eventually, our ability will not be enough to do spiritual warfare. All of this came out of something I heard an instructor say. You will always default to your level of training. That's what the instructor said. You see, you and I are trying to raise our level of training so that in a crisis, we don't buckle under pressure. Essentially, I'm trying to lay, raise our level of training. In this podcast, we will be equipping ourselves with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, this seems to be a, re a repeat of the first item where uh, we have our lives wrapped in the truth of God's word, but it is not. See, the spirit of God empowers the truths we come to know. What we know to be true is made alive and active by the spirit at work in us. Listen to Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What makes the word of God living and powerful? What, what makes it so powerful? Uh, the answer is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, to have the sword of the spirit in our hands is to wield the ability to discern the situations we are facing and to know what to do when we get there. The word of God has answers for whatever we face. However, we must know that whatever word we use must be the appropriate word when we get there. 
That is where the Holy Spirit comes in. God's word is like a sword. It cuts going in and coming out. It convicts, commissions, consecrates, commands, and converts. The word of God does this because it was inspired by God via the Holy Spirit. If we listen to scripture closely, we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking and empowering the word of God historically. Listen to Ezekiel chapter three, verse 24. It says, then the spirit entered me and set me on my feet and spoke with me and said to me, go shut yourself inside your house. Acts chapter one, verse 16, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Acts 28, 25. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul and said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah, the prophet to our fathers. Now, the implication in each of these texts is that the Holy Spirit was actively empowering the word of God to accomplish the purpose of God in the lives of his people. When Jesus was facing Satan during the wilderness fast, he used the word to thwart his plans. Every time Satan tried to tempt Jesus with his feelings and what was going on around him, Jesus responded, it is written. The implication is that because it is written, it has become fact. Therefore, as my enemy, you have no power here. You cannot win. Jesus was saying my situation is temporary because God has already decreed my release. I will not be in a wilderness always. The words of Jesus used were the words Jesus used were sanctioned by the inspired word of God. Therefore, they were and are good and useful to fight any situation or inclination you and I may face. So when Paul says to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, he is essentially equipping us to have victory wherever we go. We live in the flesh, but we walk in the spirit. Listen to Paul's own account of our condition as believers. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, you and I carry the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is a two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, makes sure we are never without the tool we need to conquer our enemy, whether that is on the outside or the inside. So my brothers and sisters, gear up, knowing that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And you have what you need in your hand, in your heart, in your faith to conquer the enemy. You and I are well able to overcome. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.